So this morning I'd like to talk uh, and uh, lay out some themes for mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati. So this is a uh, practice the Buddha thought was of great fruit, great benefit. So it brings into fruition uh, factors of awakening. So it's, uh, it's because of this, bringing to fruition the factors of awakening such as uh, mindfulness, investigation or exploration of the way things are, exploration of process, energy, vitality, everything that energizes potency, our potency, our kind of energetic potential is brought to fruition rather than being dragged around and flung out into everything. Sense of uplifted, buoyant uh, feeling, rapture, kind of unshackled experience of the heart and body, mm. smoothing, tranquility, soothing, samadhi, unification, everything is gathered together and equanimity, evenness of heart. Heart is untroubled, steady, serene. So, wonderful cluster enlightenment factors. The Buddha saying this can be generated through, uh, through mindfulness of breathing. So it was bearing in mind just even just resounding some of those impressions. Mm. Mindfulness, bearing something in mind. Mm. And mindfulness is connected to, associated with the faculty of the ability to remember. So it's a recollecting, bearing in mind. Mm. It's not the same thing as attention, which is uh, also important. Attention is the ability to form a focus. It's a sharper thing. Mindfulness is, it can be mindfulness of Dhamma, bearing that in mind, mindfulness of what's been said, recollecting, lingering with that, taking it fully in. It could be mindfulness of uh, sensations, staying with that, drinking it in, fully appreciating that, bearing it in mind, staying with it. But it is bearing in mind Mm. Or we could say bearing it in the heart, heart, mind. I'm sorry about this, but this is uh, chitta, and it doesn't really work as either of those words, but it's somewhere where those words meet. Resonant, that which can feel, receive impressions, experience motivation, mm. give attention, listen. So let's call it heart, recognizing this is perhaps the best we can do right now. <laughs> Investigation, Dhamma Vijaya, the ability to travel around, explore, probe, inquire, sample, assess, taste, savor, look into things. Mm. 
and feeling for that lovely quality of the curious mind. This isn't a cross-examination we're going through. Energy, energy, vitality, potency, our ability to be enthused, to be energized, to take an interest, to rise up, and just recognizing energy and effort. And virya is the energy, and padana is the effort. So that sense of um, you know what it takes to to experience a gradual, perhaps a gradual welling up of energy. Perhaps as we come out of feeling tired, groggy, confused, a certain sense of potency begins to gather. Then we can apply that. Mm. Rapture, buoyant experience. No longer struggling, trying to stay awake, trying to struggle, fighting things off, but actually feeling things are, things are arriving for me, things are lifting. So this is the, you might say this is our first sense of, of if you like, attainment, you know. It's, you know, it's likened to, uh, you know, something like when the bird is taking off, it's to pump its wings first of all, as it begins to lift, as it feels the air, as it feels the air under it, the wings start to just fan and open, and then it can ride. This is rapturous like this. First, you've got to pump a little bit to get up there, get out of the, you know, the sludgy zone, and watch out for the cross currents, the hindrances, and then you come up, and then you, the mind can then start to feel this quality of uplifted buoyancy rapture, how happy that is, calming, soothing, it's like we're brushing something, like brushing your hair or stroking a cat, in a sense of just evening and soothing things, it does not mean, you know, take a tranquilizer, let me numb it out, beat it to submission, shut it up, throw a blanket over the parrot's cage, it means soothing, steadying into the mind actually feels supple and soft and suitable. Mm. Samadhi, and again, uh, you know, often concentration. Let's recognize that uh, the Buddha is translating his experience into a, a word called samadhi. Yeah. And that arises from that culture. The word concentration does not arise from that culture word concentration, the English word arises from a particular quality of of generally cerebral effort to focus, it's a brow furrowing, it's a trying to pinpoint something. Samadhi arises from a culture of heart, not a culture of brain, a culture of heart. So it's a culture of, we could say, gathering, collecting, unifying the heart taking an interest, and doesn't that add up, you know, bearing something in mind, exploring it, feeling energized, getting a sense of uplift, soothing, where's all that happening, you know, these are heart faculties, and then through that the heart is, starts to come together, because it doesn't want to go anywhere else, this is happy, so it collects, it unifies, 
because of that it acquires a tremendous uh, confidence and strength in itself. It's not easily shaken. It knows its own richness. It knows itself. It's fed. It's satisfied. This heart does not go running out. Why should it bother? It does not get shaken. Therefore it is serene and equanimous. These are things, these are factors. This is them saying, well actually, you know, just how beautiful that is. And if awakening is anything, you know, these are the factors of it. Let's go there, you know. And then anapana sati, mindfulness of breathing, is a kind of a, a process for bringing that around. Hmm. Now, just to, again, breathing in, breathing out, and just to kind of unplug some of the connotations we may have, like watching the breath, which has its, you know, it's not entirely untrue, but as a, as a, as a signal, it's very much um, visual, isn't it? Watching, and what you do with your eyes when you scrutinize something, there's a certain tightening of the gaze. And this generally pushes you up into your forehead, in your head. Now if we say something, now the Buddha doesn't say washing the breath, he says be mindful of in and out breathing. Be mindful of in and out breathing. So really, bearing in mind this rhythmic process, doesn't even say be in your nose or your abdomen or anywhere, just says be mindful, bear in mind breathing in and breathing out, a rhythmic process. And this is right right on the mark because one of the easiest things our hearts pick up and look for is rhythm, is regularity, is theme, is resonance. We easily tune into music, song, rhythm. You know, everybody will tune into that. You know, we look for it. We look for it visually. We look for it, you know, as where's, it's, where's the rhythm in things? Where's the continuity? So here we're tuning into the rhythmic process of breathing in and breathing out. So, you know, and there are particular sets of sensations that signify that. This morning I was talking about what the heart actually experiences. So I've said several times it doesn't experience any sight or sound or touch or fragrance, experiences impressions of those, perceptions of those. So this is the heart is looking for the impression of breathing in, breathing out. The body experiences sensations and there's a bodily process an intelligence that recognizes certain sensations are, you know, to be avoided, painful. Certain sensations, as an intelligence, that sensation is dangerous. That sensation is, is comfortable. That sensation means too hot, too cold. So it's got this, and it reacts. It responds to that. In fact, you know, you, you can't stop it. You put your hand on something too hot, it will jump away before you really even recognize what's going on. 
it's that quick. You can't wait till your clunky old brain starts checking it out because your clunky old brain might be busy thinking about something else. So it just does it. It bypasses reactive things. It gets that sensation as an and how does it? It's an energy there that translates that sensation to an action, right? Sensation equals action. Boom. That's the energy of the body. Body, body's energetic process. So we come to the end of the out breath. You feel those sensations change. You get to the end of the out breath. You're breathing out. The body's going. That's enough of that. Whoop, change direction, breathe in. <laughs> when you get to the top of the in-breath, you realize you go any further, you're going to burst. That's enough of that. Stop that, breathe out. You know? We don't have to think that. That's what it's doing. You know? And you want to kind of really let the body tell you that. Because one of the, one of the factors of mindfulness, of breathing, which makes it so potent, so valuable, is, it, it, is it's a very strong signifier to the heart, as well as the body. And so you notice when you're panicking, your breath changes. Yeah. When you're excited, your breath changes. When you're sleepy, your breath changes. When you're grieving, your breath changes. When you're confident, your breath changes. When you're happy, your breath changes. It, it changes. When you're frightened, when you're constricted, when you're tense, your breath changes. So this is why we've been cultivating things like loosening, working with the body, to try to get the, the sign to the body, the, the signing to, to the heart, is everything's comfortable, everything's free, there's no pressure, you can get it wrong, it's all right, you know, there's all this space, so that the, the signs of anxiety of performance, of hurry, of get it right, all that's we've di- unplugged. Yeah. So this, the emotion, the emotional connotations are being shifted to that which will really encourage our breathing to be free and natural, and comfortable. Breathing has a strong emotional sign to it. What you feel in your heart will affect your breathing. So why it's important to get the heart to feel, you know, free from unwholesome influences as best we can. So then we're doing this work. To be mindful of breathing as it is, to bear it in mind as it is, in its fullness. How do you feel that? How do you feel that rhythm? Probably, I would imagine when I feel it as a swelling, a swelling up, and a subsiding. <coughs> That's the, say, the inner experience of breathing. And then just connecting that more fully to the physicality of the body, you know, feel the flesh, the tissues, Stretching, breathing in, certain pressure building up in the chest maybe, just the not, not an unpleasant pressure, just the gentle opening in the chest, the kind of something happening in the throat, something pulling in through the nostrils. That's the, you know, so those sensations occurring, 
and the energy that links it all, the flow of it, and the sense of vitality that comes through the in-breath, and the sense of cleaning and releasing that comes with the out-breath, so all that, you know, gathering all, all of that, looking for all of that. And just bearing in mind that the state of mind can certainly affect the breathing. So, you know, if we're impatient, we don't breathe out fully. If we're in a hurry, we don't breathe out fully. If we're tense, we don't breathe in fully. We don't allow it to open us up. If we feel unsafe, we don't allow ourselves to open into it. We feel shielded and defended. So just checking out everything around me is safe and comfortable. And fully allow that breathing to open my body. Do it all the time in the world to complete itself, breathing all the way out. And it's really, body say that's enough. You know, we've got to the end now. And then, when's it time to breathe in? Let the body decide. Let the signal come. The body starts signaling. And it will start to, something happens in the lower abdomen. A certain kind of pressure builds up, then a clench, then it pulls. Pulling the air in. Belly swelling up. Chest broadening throat opening, streaming through the nose. As much of this, just widening your attention to include as much as this as you can. Bonus. This is the bodily process. Start here. mental process and it's really bringing the two together so we're trying to first of all really get a full the full bodily process going tune into it trust it and in the mental process we have these factors of what we can do we can intend and this is this quality of lifting lifting and placing lifting and placing what lifting and placing Attention, you know, through this, you know, have intention, attention, contact. These are three things that we can do. And just use the word do in a kind of loose way. And we do have some choice. So intention is like a, a quality of a lifting rather than a seizing or a scurrying, or a running, or a clamping, or a, you know, it's a lifting, and then what is lifted? Attention. Attention, we could say, is like the listening quality. Lifting one's heart, lifting that faculty onto this experience. So you tell me about it, listen up to that. Contact, 
touching. And might use the word touching might be more helpful than seeing. Touching is very direct, it's picking up vibration. Seeing doesn't, seeing just sees discrete objects. Here we're tuning into a process. The most accurate to tune into a process is to run it through your fingers, you might say. Then you're not really seeing an object, you're touching into a process. A process of flow, touching, touching the breath stream, contact. So that's something we we do in that we select a particular way of receipt of attending, attending through touch, because this is the body. You cannot see a breath. Touching it, because this is what's happening in the body. And then tuning in contact to what is most uh, helpful here, what is, say, most comfortable here. So the breath, breath, so far I've used water images, the breath flows a flow, so we might touch the experience of flow, because flow is soothing. You might touch the experience of vitality or fire. Breath is energizing, it's an energy current. Of course the breath is air, the moment by moment, moment by moment quality, no substance, just a moment by moment, touching the immediate brushing experience, something's just you know, just there and gone immediately, touching the air. And you're looking for really for what, so this is Dhamma Vijaya, exploring, exploration, what's gonna, how can I most constantly bear this in mind? Where's my energy, my vitality take interest in this? You know, where am I energized by that? Where is the kind of jagged energy made supple? Where is the sluggish energy made bright? Where is the bored energy made interesting? You play with it. So working in this way, if we can get some sense of our initial impression, our initial contact. Working the body and the mind together, body and heart together. So this is the way we sit, our posture. What 
posture synthesizes most thoroughly, most comfortably with breathing? How do we arrange our external, our physical body to most happily and comfortably accommodate breathing? Like setting up your shrine, cleaning the house, preparing the room. So we start feeling your way into it, flexing, loosening the shoulders, and so forth, things we've probably heard. And just always bearing that in mind as an ongoing checkpoint, the spine, shoulders, opening the throat, softening the face. How is the structure most sympathetic to allowing this process to occur? This is what posture is about. So naturally, you know, my suggestion is you don't want to be resting on your belly because that will certainly press the breathing and have the belly as open as possible. This inner body, can this inner body be an uncompressed channel? This throat is open, the voice box is relaxed. So everything that can open to fully allow the breathing to come through, we keep checking in with that. Even right into your eyes and sinuses. So the the last piece of the breath can come right up into your behind your eyes and into your head. The last flush of it. Listening in, bearing it in mind. How about that rhythm of in and out breathing? Is it, is it steadying? Is it kind of coming into a, a regular phase? You know, so it's, it's, not, it's kind of acquiring a kind of regularity to it, or is it that it's um, panting? You know, we're over breathing. Or is it the breathing, what I call drag and drop, where you, you know, grab the breath in and then flop as you breathe out? That effect, sort of gasping and then flopping. These are not uncommon because our breathing is so, gets so conditioned by the rhythms we operate in our life, which are often fairly sort of, um, you know, inorganic really. It's snack, grab, rush jump, check, stop, back, onward, it's just jerking around, that affects your body, affects your breathing. So it's taking a, you know, taking the time, the retreat, to really get into a nice way of operating. And again, samadhi is a way of life. It's a unification as a way of life. We have a chance on retreat to live samadhi.
unifying. So if the breathing is uneven, you don't fiddle with it consciously, but just see if you can, say, just loosen in your belly or lengthen your spine or how that sympathetic sense can guess what might be supportive. Maybe it's just giving it time and calm, sympathetic attention. When the mind, heart, becomes uh, more comfortable, more assured, it wants to, inclines towards resting at one point. So how does that, where's a comfortable place for that to sit? Could be a relatively large area such as your chest, your abdomen, it could be a small point or a smaller area such as the nose or the back of your nostrils or where the flow of the breathing comes into the between nasal cavities or even down your throat. You just check out where where is where is it brightest, where is it strongest, where is it most easy, most uh, natural to be. Don't think about it too much. Just if you don't know, just stay with the rhythm and let it things take play then take their natural course. Perhaps it's a very large area, such as the entire body. But where does the sign of breathing, the sign which is say brightening, soothing energizing, calming, where does the sign most comfortably reside? Is it like light? Is it like water? Is it like silk? Exploring.
So when you use your heart in this way, the heart is then, if you really use it, ask it to come to be with this. It does not concoct fantasies, alternatives, doubts and regret. It's too busy listening, tuning in, detecting the flavor. So when it goes off, you ask it, you know, well, how does this feel? How does this breathing stuff feel? How does your body feel? Your pointing mind, when you're asking it to just think a very simple thought, such as breathing, where's that? Is that in out? Is that in your chest? Is that in your nose? Where, where's that? You just keep asking it a, a simple kind of question, then your thinking mind has got something to do. So it doesn't just start doodling. Dependent on what's needed, you may you know, ask it to do it more. If, it, if you've got a lot of thought energy, say, well, you know, let's get down to really discerning those, those sensations and energies. Tell me a bit more. Is it bright? Is it shining? Is it soft? Is it brushing? really not important what it is but the important thing is is you're unifying because you're you're bringing these faculties in to the process you don't bring them in they're going to go elsewhere play write stories when they do run off and start writing stories you pause widen soften and Bring back the question, yeah, how's that now? What's happened in your body, your face puckering up, shoulders shifted, let's come back into the body and it's collecting on the out breath, on the breathing out. So this uh, surveillance and guidelines.
So as you, the inner body, this energetic breathing body and the physique, physical matter, snuggle into each other, they begin to fit each other. The external body is not rigid nor flaccid. It's like the skin around a balloon and the air in the balloon is giving it the shape. The skin is just holding, holding the air. But it's the breathing that's really, you know, acting as the core. It's like the skin of a balloon in the air. Got a slight flexing in that. There's also a, a retention in that. Thoroughly experiencing the entire body is the instruction. So this whole sense of where the bodies meet, how the the balloon its skin, its air, is not about to explode, nor is it limp, nicely fitting together. Naturally, your awareness then rests around this, taking it in. Uh, Some skill here, more Dhamma exploring, sampling. as they sort of fit each other, your, your energy enriches because it's not being used up you know, in tension or in distraction or agitation. So the energy becomes quite steady and, and bright. And this is where the rapture or the uplifting, this is a gen- gentle start, rather like a in a boat on a beach and the tide comes in the first lapping of the tide just lifts it a tad you know the tide comes in lifts it half an inch then an inch and eventually the boat becomes buoyant it should be that gentle that gentle process which occurs if the you know, if bodies are unified, if the heart is listening properly, tuning in, and it's uh, not, things start to have a kind of gentle lifting, uplifted sense. Mm. Thoroughly experiencing the entire body. Calming the body formation, smoothing out this experience of body, which is both your physique, mostly your internal body, but some element of the structure is there, and also these heart impressions, smoothing it together. Unifying body and mind.
So intention, what kind of intention is most sustaining for you? How do you lift and place, how do you sustain, what kind of attitude and intentionality works for you? Just be able to stay with, the patient, the attentive, the sympathetic, whoever, what works for you. What kind of attention works for you? Is it a listening? Is it a kind of wide field of attention? Close-up attention? Attention like waiting for the deer to come? Is it attention like uh, listening to uh, sound? Is it attention like trying to remember something? Different qualities there, aren't there? What? Realize you can intend in different ways. What kind of contact It means what do you look for? What do you what do you tune into? Here the advice is tuning into what is most helpful for you. What is brightening? If you need brightening, what is soothing? If you need soothing, what's comforting? What's interesting? So within this we look towards the bright breath, the flowing breath, the spacious breath. But above all, we're looking towards, first of all, what's most comfortable. And then towards how do things settle, become still.
So we just take that few moments and uh, rising to the sense faculties, steadying ourselves, we come into the visual experience, how that affects us. Coming into the room, how that affects us, other people, sense of time and so forth, these signs. Check, pause. Staying centered in the body. So this morning, continue and uh, what I will suggest is uh, first of all obvious statements the mm, the interview groups so this will continue this morning rooms one and two so please um, be aware of that look on the board uh, if you've seen that already your names are there if you're not part of an interview you can then we'll have a time when you can do walking and sitting either. So this means at this time we get a chance to just feel what seems, you know, most opportune. Sometimes you maybe you want to continue sitting as so you just come up and refresh, stretch a little bit, stay seated and continue sitting, or you want to move into walking. When the bell rings, you hear the sound of the bell, then people are walking, come back into sitting. If you're sitting, then just take a few moments to stand, rotate your knees or whatever, then return to sitting. So you can have very long sitting or sitting with a walking in it. Or, you know, if you've been sitting, you hear the bell, you can go and do some walking. So, But sort of, you know, so the idea is just, just to, you know, respect what feels, you know, helpful collecting, gathering up, refreshing what needs to be developed. And uh, then stay with it, so you're just using the bell as that sign, so if you want to stay sitting, determine to stay sitting until the bell, you want to walk walk until the bell, bell comes a chance to change around. And then at uh, 11.15, can move towards the uh, meal offering for the day. <clears throat>